Well, thank you for joining us today. Welcome in, welcome in. It's an interesting start to Monday morning already, amen? So here we are on uh, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, we're, we're being podcast as well. And uh, so there you go for that. So it's good to see everybody this morning. I'm getting everything ready on my computer screen here. So give me a moment. Welcome in, welcome in. Second Thessalonians chapter three. Second uh, Thessalonians chapter three, we're going to be in verses one through five. And <clears throat> we are going to work on these part one, part two, as we normally do and see what the Lord has for us. Okay. So we're wrapping up what's taking place here in second Thessalonians. Uh, we've, probably will finish second Thessalonians today, maybe not today, this week, maybe he said famous last words. So, um, yeah, this, <laughs> sorry guys, brain freeze. So good to see everybody. Here we are, uh, in second Thessalonians chapter three, verses one through five. Now, what we have before us right now, are the last words of the Apostle Paul to these young converts in the church at Thessalonica. Now, remember, we've been talking about them all the way back to 1 Thessalonians. Now we're into 2 Thessalonians. And again, he's just giving them uh, in the first, you know, in the in first Thessalonians, he's giving them, you know, all the information about, you know, living for Christ and so on and so forth. And in Second Thessalonians, again, the big topic of discussion was the end times, uh, when Christ will return, so on and so forth, the second coming of Christ, so on. So he uh, he's answered these questions. There's a lot of questions they had. Uh, remember, they had a false teaching that was going on. And in chapter 1, he talks about the return. So uh, the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. In chapter 2, he talks about the rise of apostasy and the rebellion of the Antichrist. And then in chapter 3, he talks about responsibilities, which believers have as they live for the Lord. So in a very practical, down-to-earth way, these verses give us encouragement and incentive as we seek to live for the Lord every day of our lives. So in these verses, you will find basically three things that are arranged in these in this chapter okay in these things uh in this <laughs> in the verses that we're going to talk about so you're going to find a prayer you're going to find a promise and you're going to find a prescription so let's go into the first one what is that first one well the first one is there there's a prayer there right there is a prayer there first of all notice a prayer in the beginning of verse one he says finally brethren pray for us. So here's the great apostle Paul. Here's the man who, who wrote at least half the books of the New Testament. And this, this great man of God, Paul, and yet he says to those believers, pray for us. Now, prayer is one of those areas where all of God's people are on the same level. We have a privilege to pray for each other. I, I have the privilege to pray for you. You have the privilege of, pray, of praying for me. So each of us can share equally in the ministry of prayer one for another. And it's a great compliment when somebody comes to you and asks you to pray for him. So it's interesting. People call and ask for prayer 
quite a bit. We've got several folks in our church that are that are asking for prayer for so many different things, family members, different things, and and then and so I do that, especially every morning when I wake up. I'll I'll say you know first thing out of my mouth, uh, especially of late, has been for the folks that have really truly uh, needed prayer in the days that we're living today. Okay, now uh, everybody, everybody. I ask that you pray for me as I pray for you. You know, Paul said, brethren, pray for us. Now, there are two things he mentions uh, here in prayers. Number one, pray for the success of the word and the message. Then in verse two, he will say to pray for the safety of the messengers. So pray for the success of the message that the word of the Lord may have free course. So he's talking about the Bible. He's talking about the gospel. He's talking about the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul had come to the city of Thessalonica and preached the word of the Lord. Back in chapter 1, he says in verse 8 of 1 Thessalonians, he says, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord. And that's a beautiful picture. The word of the Lord is compared to a trumpet sounding. So there he's talking about the proclamation of the gospel. Now, in 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 1, he's talking about the progress of the gospel. He's saying that the word of the Lord may have free course. Literally, he's saying, pray that the word of the Lord may run. And it's a picture of an athlete running in a race. And it's got a lot of imagery there, a lot of figures of speech in the Bible, and this is one of them. And the word of the Lord is pictured here as running. In Psalm 147, verse 15, it says, His word runneth swiftly. Now, talking about the progress of the word, the progress of the word, he's saying that he wants you to pray that God's message will do what it's intended to do and that it will go where God intends for it to go. He says in the last part of verse 1 of chapter 3 in 2 Thessalonians, he says, even as it is with you. So he's saying that the word of God made progress with you, that the word of God, like a runner, came running into your city and did what God's word is intended to do. I don't know if, how many of y'all remember when the Olympics uh, took place in Atlanta? That's been some years ago. So they took the, uh, the torch from Greece, uh, it's the, the ancient mountain of, of Olympus, and, and they, they lit the torch and then transported it from Greece to America. And once in America, they did kind of a you know, crisscross pattern. And there was a group of runners that took the torch and they went place to place and they carried it along and they, they went through many cities right? And a lot of folks were there to watch it. Then once the Olympic, in the Olympic stadium in Atlanta, Muhammad Ali took the Olympic torch and lit the flame and the games officially began. Well, now we kind of have that picture here. Peterson paraphrases this statement this way. He says, pray that the master's word will simply take off and race through the country. So it's, it's like we're the ones taking God's word and going through the country, much like that Olympic torch. 
So then he says, and be glorified. He means by that, as the word of God does what it's meant to do, and people are saved and lives are changed and miracles take place, God's word might bring honor and glory to the Lord himself. That's exactly what happens when God's word is preached and people are saved. It calls attention to the wonderful Savior, our wonderful God who saves people and changes lives as a result of the preaching of the word. Paul says that's what happened in Thessalonica. He says to pray that the same thing will happen as the word of God makes progress. Now, you ought to be praying every time as somebody stands in your, pul in your, pastor <clears throat> in your pulpit at your church. Could be your pastor, could be a visiting pastor, whoever it is. You need to pray because they depend on your prayers. And so the question is, do you pray before you come to church services? I, I, I encourage you to do so. So here's another thing. You can take a beautiful painting and you, you see in a museum, and when a person sees that painting, the first question that comes to mind is who painted such a painting? And it calls attention to the painter. Well, the same thing is true when the word of God is preached and people get saved. Somebody says, my, what a change in that person's life. My, how different that person is. How did that happen? And then somebody else says, that's what Jesus can do in a life. See, Jesus can paint a, a beautiful portrait in your life. This word of God, as it's preached and received in your heart, can change your life. Your life can be a testimony of glory and honor to the Lord. And he says to pray. And it's through prayer that the word of God is successful. It is as we undergird the word that the word of God does its work. When, when you go out witnessing and you go on visitation, you need to pray before you go that God will use you to take his word and make, make it effective in the hearts and lives of people. Now, um, I know that it's because of prayer that the word of God progresses and that God is honored. It's, I'm just the carrier, right? I am just a carrier. I'm a, I'm a pastor, I'm a, but I'm a preacher. I just carry the word. And even if I was not a pastor or a preacher, um, I would not, uh, you know, I would still carry the word. We still have a responsibility to carry the word and to pray before we carry the word. Also pray for the safety of the people that are going, right? As you go, say, just pray for safety. Verse 2 says, and that we may be, we may be delivered, or the word there, rescued, uh, from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not the faith. He's saying that not everybody's saved and not everybody's happy when the word goes out. There's going to be some contentious people. There are people who get their nose out of shape, right? So keep that in mind. Pray for safety as you, as you go. So there's a prayer, and it says, pray for us that the word may may run and be successful, and that we may be delivered from the wicked men. The second thing is there's a promise. In verse 3, there's a promise that comes along. We need to claim this promise. Make it your own. The Bible has wonderful promises, but they don't, but they don't mean a lot unless you claim them and make them your own. You have to take them and make them personal to you. But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. That's a beautiful promise. 
in the original text, actually the word faithful comes first. And in the original text, it says faithful is the Lord. And the emphasis is upon what God is like. So who this God is that we serve, he's a God that is absolutely, utterly dependable. Our God is faithful. I found a God that's faithful in my life. Have you? You may be a young Christian and just getting started in the Christian life, and you can depend on the Lord. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, if we believe not, he abides faithful. He cannot deny himself. God is a faithful God. He can be nothing else but faithful. You can depend on God. Now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24, it says this, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. He's faithful. So listen to Numbers 23, 19. It says, Hath he said, and shall, and shall he not do it? So our God is faithful, and you can depend on the Lord. He'll never let you down. Amen? Well, I think we'll take a pause right here. We'll finish this point tomorrow. I think that's a good stopping point. God will not fail you. Keep that in mind. Well, friends, it's been a delight to be with you today. I hope you have a good day today. I know Mondays are a little hard sometimes, but have a wonderful, terrific day. Know that I love you. Be safe, but know Jesus loves you most. And Christians, we need to share that love of Christ with everybody around us. Amen? Amen. Have a wonderful day, friends. We'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. Bye-bye for now.